welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but on a cooking topic. Today, we're going to talk about cooking on vacation. What do you make when it's time to relax? Ugh, I have so many ideas. I can't wait to share from the years of vacationing with kids and trying to keep them fed while also trying to keep everything feeling relaxed and easy. I can't what wait. What an impossible balance. <laughs> it is an impossible balance, which is why we need to have an episode about it so we can help you guys right. get your game plan and your strategy ready to go so you're not reinventing the wheel every time you go on vacation. You're not trying to do your normal meal plan that you do at home when you're on vacation because that is not vacation. Yeah. You know, when I think of cooking on vacation, I never cooked on vacation before I had kids. What did you do? We just ate out oh. when we were on trips. Unless we were out somewhere like way out of the city where we didn't have places to eat. Yeah, we would just eat out if it was just the two of us. Yeah. But then you have kids and like the whole game changes because taking kids out to eat is expensive. Mm -hmm. And it's also just like kind of a shit show sometimes. Yeah. They're tired. They like don't want to go sit and like being on good behavior in a restaurant. And with kids, I feel like you have to cook. Definitely. I mean, I think with the first kid, life doesn't change that much. And like the more kids you get, the more it does change. And so true. I remember being pregnant with my third kid and like looking when we were out at restaurants for families of five, like a five top. And I rarely, rarely saw them. And then after I had my third kid, I immediately learned why. That's when you drop out of the restaurant. It's totally completely. a mess. Yeah. yeah. It's just not fun. I love eating out at restaurants, but what a compromised experience to be like cleaning Cheerios up off the floor and like your kid doesn't eat the thing that you ordered for them, which actually costs real money. Right. It's not fun. Yeah, um, for we, sure. We did cook on vacation a lot uh, before we had kids because I think just the places that we go on vacation, like... It had a kitchen. We didn't want to go into town or something like we liked really having that yeah. be our home base. But the meals totally changed after we had kids. When you're on vacation by yourself, it's not a big deal to be like leisurely making dinner. Right. With kids on vacation, it's like everybody's off their schedule. Then they get hangry. Everybody's grumpy, hangry, constantly needing to eat. And like you're running around you know, trying to keep it all together and keep everybody happy. And, and when do you get to relax? Yeah. It's your vacation too. Totally. So I've come up with a few things that um, are kind of my guiding principles when I'm on vacation. I first, love this about you. You have such a system on this. <laughs> Let's all learn from Renee here. First of all, as little active cooking time as possible. So if you're going through your head and trying to pull out the recipes of like what you're going to make from your regular life when you're on vacation, that should be your first filter. You do not want to be standing by the stove for long periods of time or having to do a bunch of assembly for fiddly little things. Also, as many meal reinventions as possible, meaning you make the one thing and then you can eat on that for like multiple nights. And maybe it's not like leftovers every single night, but it's like you can use the thing that you made and like make it into thing A one night and then it becomes thing B the next night. See what I mean? That's really smart. Yeah. Um, also, huge hack for me that I've learned over the last few years is bringing my Instant Pot on vacation, Yeah, which I know sounds weird. Honestly, even if I were flying on an airplane and I didn't want to pack the Instant Pot, I think it would be worth it to literally buy a new Instant Pot when At I got your to destination. my destination. <laughs> because How that, about waiting for you on the door? It just cuts the whole active cooking time thing down. It makes it so much easier to make food and like go for a long bike ride or go to the beach and you already have it. your Instant Pot set to like have a delayed turn on and then it turns on. Nobody has to babysit it and then it just keeps it warm until you guys are ready to eat. So smart. 
Oh, that was just like a big explosion of feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you spent a lot of years like really dialing this in. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. It was just sort of a natural evolution. So I'd like to save you guys 10 years of struggle. I will say my game plan on vacation tends to be a little bit different in my strategy because I do sometimes really enjoy the cooking and like assembly and putting things together and like chopping and things like that while potentially somebody else is watching my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do sometimes make a more involved meal on vacation because it's like my choice. I could see that if you have someone else to watch your yeah, kids and yeah. like that kind like of Like Sometimes support. we'll go on vacation with my in-laws and like my mother-in-law will be with the kids and I can just like take my time, put on some music. like, oh. And then that is the relaxing time of my vacation, that which so like fun. you just have to like rephrase your expectations. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to get time with your feet up in a lawn chair, but Mm -hmm. maybe you get like some time to yourself to do something fun. I love cooking by myself and like putting on music. And also when you're on vacation, if you have someone else like that kind of intergenerational family support that we don't really have, like (laughs) I would be able to let my guard down enough to like have a glass of wine while I'm making dinner, you know? Yeah, totally. It's so true. We joke about that, that like we can't do day drinking because like the kids can tell that you're relaxed and then they totally take advantage (laughs) of that. (laughs) So we joke about how we can't let our guard down until it's after bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. (laughs) And smart. Yeah. Uh, Another hack of mine is also prepping any spice mixes at home before you leave. Oh, yeah. That's really smart. Yeah. So some of the recipes I'm going to talk about have a pretty short ingredient list, Mm -hmm. but like I'm not going to bring five different spice containers with me when you can just measure it out and put it in a tiny little Ziploc bag. Right. And the same thing with any kind of quickles thing, like the acid that you're going to have, you know, just prep it ahead, making that at home. It only takes like, you know, five to 10 minutes, which I get like not everybody has that time because packing is its own little. It's a whole thing. Joy. Yeah. What do you make when you're on vacation? I have two recipes that I go to a lot, and it's because they check all of those boxes that I just talked about. The first one is a not very fancy recipe, but does it need to be when you're on vacation? Maybe not. It is a pressure cooker carnitas, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a recipe from allrecipes.com, which to me tends to be like basic cook level. Like there's some good, you know, staples in there, but there's really nothing fancy. Yeah. And that's why I like it, because there's really nothing fancy. It's just like a giant pork butt, basically, with salt and some really simple spices, again, that I mix at home. You need one cup of liquid when you're going to do anything in your pressure cooker. And so they use orange juice. You could use grapefruit if you have it. You can buy that juice at the grocery store. You can make your own if you felt so inspired. A whole onion and then some garlic. And so you throw that sucker in your Instant Pot. And I always find that it takes me way less time in my Instant Pot than most recipes say that it will take you. Do you find that? Sometimes. Well, especially with the carnitas recipe, they say it needs like an hour or something like that. I always check mine at 45 minutes and it seems done. So With the carnitas, don't you also traditionally put them back in the oven to crisp them up afterward too? Some people do, but not this recipe. Okay. And that's because it's just an unnecessary step. Yeah. They're totally better carnitas recipes out sure. there. Like I really like the dinner in an instant one from Melissa Clark. And I think she might have you do that step where you crisp it under the broiler when you're done. But this is just super simple. You cook the pork butt, you shred it, and then it becomes, for us, it's like tacos on the first night. Okay. And then the next night we have it on like tostadas, which the kids think are really fun to like make. Yeah. And then we might have it as taco salad after that over a bed of greens. And then the final night we just might make it into burritos or something. Okay. Great. And what I like about the carnitas for days strategy 
is that I make the quick pickles at home mm-hmm. and then everything else is just already it's like toppings. Right. You know, you just buy your guacamole or make it if you want to. Same thing with the salsa, shredded cheese, sour cream, like all the basics. Right. right. You don't really have to do any other thing. Big prep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a meal on its own. I don't I mean, if you felt so inclined, you could make some coconut rice. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have to. Yeah. And so, that's just delicious. It's totally. Delicious. And it's something that your kids will happily eat. Mm hmm. Because I feel like as much as I sometimes do like to cook on vacation and like get into it, the thing I'd like to take a vacation from is my kids refusing to eat what I put in front of them. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Because that's stressful and stupid. No, I think that vacation food by its nature seems to be their like comfort food. I actually really deeply enjoy um, when I'm grocery shopping, like in the vacation area that we go to, most of the people in the grocery store are on vacation too at that time. And just looking what is in everybody's cart is all their like dirty little secrets, you know, of stuff that they never buy otherwise. Let my guard down. Yes, I'm on vacation. I, I love it. Like everybody's like packed up with Doritos and like processed foods yeah. that they normally don't eat. And um, <laughs> I, I think there's no shame in that. It's the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One thing that I like make a lot on vacation is chili and cornbread. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And it like I feel like chili and cornbread kind of works in any season. Mm-hmm. Like it can be a summer thing and it can also be a winter thing. Yeah. Everybody always eats it. Everybody's always happy about it. And if there's more people around, it's very easy to like double or triple. Yeah. And then you have a ton of it. Um, my two go to's I really like. Well, actually, I have three go to. So for a beef chili, there's one in the America's Test Kitchen family cookbook. Uh-huh. It's just a classic all, all American beef chili. There's a chicken chili. It's a Julia Tertian from now and again. It's the chicken and black eyed pea chili. That one's really good. And then there's a vegan chili that I really like. I have vegan extended family members and it's a tempeh and peanut chili. It's from the book Dinner for Everyone by Mark Bittman. Mm -hmm. And it's really good. It's like really hearty. It has like not ground up, but like kind of broken up tempeh in it. And Uh it's so delicious. It's like hearty, but it's vegan. And then, you know, you can make the cornbread that's not vegan, you know, the cornbread from now and again that goes with Mm -hmm. the chicken and black eyed pea chili. Or, you know, there's a million cornbread recipes that you could do otherwise. But I think that skillet cornbread is really good. We need to talk about the peanuts in that chili. Yeah, it's peanut butter. Peanut butter. And then you put peanuts on top of it at the end. Like as a garnish. Yeah. It's really tasty. Can you taste the peanut butter yeah. when you're... Yeah, you can and taste that's, it. And tastes good? Yeah, it's good. Because it also has chili it powder. It also has chili powder and, and tomatoes in it. Wow. Yeah, it's really good. That I makes... like that recipe a lot. And like my kids will eat it. My vegan mother-in-law will eat it. I want a chili off. That's oh, something yeah. people do, right? Yeah, totally. I want like a cookbook club chili off. because Why I, don't we do that? We should do that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, we should do that in the winter maybe. Totally. But I really would like to try the now and again Julia Tertian one with black eyed peas, except I grew up, I, I think that my mom liked black eyed peas, which is weird, the things that she liked and didn't like. But she liked black eyed peas. Okay. But growing up, I only had them like canned and they just oh. taste so yeah, cardboardy. To the me. texture is really different when they're canned. I think I haven't had them canned a lot, but so that's I'm interesting. I'm black eyed pea skittish, okay. and so I don't yeah. want to like risk making a whole thing of it. Yeah, and also you know my kid with PK, you can't have it because right. beans are high in protein, and so yeah, it just feels like if I I'm, have made that chili with black beans in it. Well, I still want to try yeah. the black eyed yeah. peas because maybe uh, I just need to try good black eyed yeah. peas, and I've just spent my yeah. childhood eating ones that were right, not good. That were not good. Yeah, usually I do them for from dry. Mm-hmm. And they're good. 
There is actually a low-protein chili recipe that doesn't have beans in it. It's from Brenda Winarski from Cook for Love. Uh, What I like about that vegetarian chili recipe is that you make the whole batch, which is time-consuming. I would not make it on vacation, but I have made it for vacation by making it at home. You could just make a whole pot of chili and then freeze it. Like, chili freezes well. Or just take it in a giant Ziploc bag. Yeah. Um, but it has eggplant and I think it has mushrooms. Oh. It's basically like yeah. a nice kind of all the meaty vegetables yeah. that you make. And it takes a while, but it's super delicious and flavorful. And what I like about that recipe is you just add beans to the higher protein version. Oh, okay. So like River, my son you with PKU, would separate just out his have part. That, yeah, that version. And then we would just add the beans into our version. And that way you get more vegetables also in your chili. Right. I like the taste of eating chili when it's just like beans and meat. Yeah. But I do not feel good after I eat right. that. Right. Yeah, you know? totally. Oh. And it's good for texture, too. I just got like oh. also like really excited talking about chili. <laughs> chili is exciting. I love chili. Chili is good. I'm going to put it on the menu next week. And I like that the leftovers last forever and totally. it tastes better when it's yeah. leftovers. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's a great like lunch the next day, especially if you have the leftover cornbread. Sometimes my kids just eat the cornbread, but I don't care. I mean, I do care, but, you know, it's like... That's how kids are. Yeah, totally. I I think if I look at their, like, eating over the course of a day rather than by meal. Yeah, totally. You know, I have a kid who would only eat the bread product at dinner, and it's, like, fine, because I know that he got balanced nutrition at other meals during the day. for sure. Tell me about another recipe you like. Oh, I got another good one. This one I just discovered a couple years ago. It's a a newisher recipe from a couple years back from Melissa Clark at the New York Times. And it's a pressure cooker spicy pork shoulder. Oh, my gosh. That recipe is so good. (laughs) It is so good. How is it so good? It's so good and it's so easy. It is. It's so easy and so good. It's so easy. Similar like method where you're just taking a big pork shoulder and putting it in your pressure cooker. This one has garlic, brown sugar, some goju garo in it also to give it like a really big punch of flavor, which you could also scale back a little bit if you have uh, people who don't like spicy things. I do think it's good with a little of it in there. And then um, lots of salt and pepper. And then you put that in your pressure cooker and you cook it. I think that she has you sear it and then cook it. Yeah. I think it's fine just to skip to the cooking it part. You don't really, I don't know. It's all going to get soft anyway. I think it's just to really give it a little bit of color. Yeah. So you cook that, and then while you're cooking that, you make this fabulous sauce. Oh, my God. This sauce is so good. It's so good. It doesn't take a lot of time. I know this is already sounding like a lot of steps because you're using the pressure cooker and you're making this separate sauce, but trust me, like it's easy easy. and it's worth it. So the sauce has uh, goju jang sauce with soy sauce, ketchup, mirin, honey, uh, rice, wine, vinegar, a little bit of fish sauce, a little bit of sesame oil. Did I I already say garlic and ginger? Those are in it too. Yeah, so good. So flavorful when you just tick through that list. It's like sweet and salty and spicy all at the same time. And what I love about this for family vacations, also is that the kids don't have to have that sauce on theirs if they want. And I find for my family and my kids don't like spicy stuff. If I do the recipe as called for in the pressure cooker, then mm-hmm. that meat is perfect for them. So mm-hmm. that, that um, gochu guru is fine for them oh, okay. to be on the meat. But then I just don't give them any of the spicy sauce, uh-huh. later, which they're missing out because it's amazing. It is amazing. But it would be too spicy for them, I think. Yeah. But also, that sweet, spicy, salty oh, thing is so it's, good. It's so delicious. So, yeah, the meat comes out after it's done cooking, you shred it and then you toss it with the sauce or in our case, like we'll we'll toss like half of it with it and then you broil it. And so then that gets it like crispy at the ends. And again, oh like you I could, haven't made that for a while. I got to make that again. 
I feel like this is the way with a lot of Melissa Clark recipes. To do the full recipe turns out amazing. Yeah. You could do like 85% of the recipe and it's still going to be really, really good. Yeah. So like you could skip the broiling step. You could skip the tossing the meat with the sauce and broiling it. And you could just serve the sauce on the side and you could drizzle it on top. So the way we like eating this is to make rice bowls for like days and days and days. Awesome. So you make the meat and then you have coconut rice or just regular rice. And then she also has a little add-on recipe in this recipe for sesame pickled cucumbers, which just pickled cucumbers are awesome. So good. I mean, obviously, like... Just like add a little crunch, a little brightness, a little acid. So these are different than like, you know, pickles because they're cucumbers that are super thinly sliced. But it's with more Asian-y flavors like rice vinegar, sesame oil, a little bit of brown sugar. They just turn out really, really delicious. And she calls for Persian cucumbers, which I like, too, because they're just even those like little tiny ones. It's so crunchy. Yes. So good. Um, and then we just do like basically f- simple sides like broccoli that does, we tossed with olive oil and roasted in the oven. Shredded carrots that you can get already shredded and just like saute for a couple minutes with sesame oil if you want or not. Sounds like a lovely meal. It is a really lovely meal. But for pretty low work. Yeah, pretty low buy-in. Like you make, you spend the effort on the one meat thing. Yeah. Rice is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And then just, you don't even have to have cooked vegetables on the side. You could just do like snap peas and raw carrots and that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. How about this idea? You pull out the book. That cheese plate will change your life. Mm. And you make a cheese plate. One thing that my kids are really into is like a snack plate, which mm-hmm. is basically a cheese plate. I mean, the the ones in this book are more cheese forward. Yes. But like you could kind of adapt and like do more veggies on them. Mm-hmm. Um, making a snack plate is a very great way to get my kids to eat like a lot of raw vegetables, a lot of fruit, a lot of, you know, whatever dip, like hummus, that kind of stuff. You would have to, like, pack stuff. You know, I mean, the packing is, like... And that book, like, those cheese plates are a little bit fancy. Mm-hmm. So you could definitely, like, dumb them down mm-hmm. for vacation. But it's, like, usually no cooking. It's just assembly. Yeah. It is just assembly. And when we did our our cookbook club retreat, where those of us from cookbook club went and rented a house for a few days, that was our first night dinner was making a couple cheese plates from that cheese plate will change your life. Yeah. And that's why, because you could just pack the stuff. It doesn't require any cooking. And then it's just like a little bit of assembly when you get there. So I think that first night when you arrive on vacation, it's nice to have something that's like cold and ready to go and doesn't require any cooking. Right. And then we ate it like the rest of the weekend, too. Whenever you need a snack, it's just nice to pull the whole board out from the refrigerator and just let people pick at it. I think it works on on vacation. There are some other like board books that have come out lately. And so we can link to a couple of those in the show notes. I haven't cooked from them a lot yet. I haven't either. This is the one that I have. And it's That Cheese Plate Will Change Your Life by Marissa Mullen. It's so good. What I love about it is that the cheese plates look beautiful. I would never be able to arrange a cheese plate that looked that pretty um, on my own without that guidance. But I like that there's like a little grocery list at the beginning of it. That's super helpful. So there's like 100 cheese plates or something like that in that book. So many. And so you just... And she takes you through step by step so that you can make them beautiful. Yeah. So I can just take a picture of like the recipe list that I need, go to the grocery store, get all the things. There's always like a basic formula that you kind of learn over time of like... A hard cheese, a soft cheese, a medium cheese, a crunchy crackery thing, nuts, some fruit, maybe like some fig preserves or something. And then 
yeah, she has that diagram, these illustrations that show you how to build it. So like step one, lay out this part. Step two, add these two things. Yeah. Step three, like now you put the cheeses into place. And then when you're done, you have what looks like the feature image of what that cheese plate is supposed to look yeah. like. We did that a lot during the pandemic, actually, as a total aside, when we were home a lot, we were um, doing like stay at home dates once a week on Friday yeah. nights and Jay and I would rotate who would pick a cheese plate and they would make this beautiful That's cheese awesome. plate board for ourselves. And then after the kids went to bed, we would like go watch a movie and drink wine and eat a lovely cheese plate. That's amazing. <laughs> it was very fun. I love that book. That's great. Should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, uh, I want to talk about all the hacks yes. to get through vacation. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Ringquist in her Portland, Oregon studio and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Etsy or on Instagram at Dropcloth. Okay, Renee, I want to hear all of your best hacks that you've developed over the years for going on vacation, keeping everyone fed and not losing your mind. Well, one simple thing that we've started doing is semi homemade meals, which every time I say that, I think of that show from (laughs) was it on the Food Network where it was like, Sarah's semi homemade. And I used to watch it and get so frustrated and be like, this is not a recipe. Like this, why is this a show? Okay. Anyways, we lean heavily into Trader Joe's. I know not everybody has Trader Joe's because they have some little magic formula of like where they can put a Trader Joe's in based on where their distribution centers are. But Trader Joe's is a really great place to go for semi-homemade stuff. So what I mean is like burgers that are already, the patties are already put together. All you have to do is like throw them on the grill or put them in the oven and get some buns. We will rotate between like they have ahi tuna burgers, they have salmon burgers, impossible burgers are one of our favorite thing to take on vacation. Also, if you're driving like on a road trip, we don't have to feel as worried about whether they're going to stay like super cold the whole time. Yeah. Which side note, I'm a little bit loosey goosey about anyways. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely don't worry if it's an impossible burger. And then salad meal kits. I really have a hard time growing my own produce, keeping waste, you know, to a minimum. And then I go on vacation and it's like so much work to keep that same standard on vacation that at this point in my life, I'm just going to put that on a shelf and I'm going to check out for a week and I'm just going to buy the damn salad kit and throw away the plastic. It's fine. Yeah. And then whoever's like chicken sitting for us when we're out of town can pick the produce. And so sure. it's not like it's not getting eaten. Right. But Trader Joe's has some really great salad kits. I really like the one that's like a cabbage vegan ranch Ooh. salad. Yum. And we don't really care about the vegan ranch like we could have it not vegan. But that salad kit is just really, really tasty and delicious. And I love that it has some crunchy add ons that like not everybody at our table wants. And so you can add them if you want to. That's great. Yeah. So those are some of our things. And then also frozen fries. Like my kids get so excited when they get to have French fries for dinner. And I find French fries to be a little bit of a pain in the butt to make by hand. Yeah. And so just buying like the sweet potato fries and the regular fries, even when we're in an area where it doesn't have a Trader Joe's, like every grocery store has like a right. frozen fries section. Yeah, totally. And most every grocery store, you can find Impossible Burgers mm-hmm. now too. So that reminds me of another hack, which I've learned from you, which is that you do not have to pack all of your food. You oh. can hit the grocery store on your way or yes. near your vacation rental. 
I'm so glad that you brought that up. During the pandemic, we started doing more like grocery pickups where you put your grocery order in online and then you go pick it up, you know, and they have kind of like a drive through area. You let them know you're there and then they bring it out to your car. So we just do that every time we go on vacation now. That's so smart. I mean, it saves you like an hour, an hour and a half of precious vacation time to just do it at home the night before with your clear head, schedule the pickup for right when you pull into town, get your groceries loaded up, go to your rental house, and then everything stays cold. It's awesome. Occasionally, there's like a sub that needs to happen. Even if you have to run in the grocery store, you're running in for like 15 minutes instead of what takes me and my kids like 90 minutes. Right. I love that hack. That's a great hack. We have also done Instacart before, but we're like, you know, somebody grocery shops for you and then they bring it to you. I have done that when I'm in a pinch, but I'm too persnickety of a person. I've decided to to really love Instacart because I don't like the substitutions and it ends up like I'm texting back and forth with the shopper the whole time. And it just seems like it's way too time consuming. (laughs) I'd rather just do it myself. Yeah, fair enough. But that reminds me of another one, which recently came up in our cookbook club, which is a great idea. And I don't know if any of us have tried it yet, but the idea is you can order one of these meal kits to be delivered to your vacation rental. Mm -hmm. So like a HelloFresh or something like that, where like the whole kit comes with everything you need. You can just have it delivered there and then just cook it. I love that idea. It's a great idea. I think that kind of plays into what you were talking about earlier about how your in-laws will like watch your kids when you guys go on the on a shared trip. And how that frees you up to really enjoy making some food uninterrupted. I would love to do that with a meal kit because then there's no mental load even of like, what are we going to have for dinner? And what's the grocery list that we have to pack? It feels way more fun to cook from a meal kit, I think. Yeah, yeah. I also don't cook for meal kits a lot. So the idea that someone would do that for me feels like a real treat. Really luxurious. Yeah. This is like high level. I would love to get to a point where like you could make your own meal kits, you know? Oh, damn. Like as of <laughs> like just have a, a binder that's like your meal kits, you yeah. know, all the groceries that you need for it. Or like even if you're going on vacation, like here's a three day meal kit. Right. Wouldn't that be kind of oh, nice? Oh, I kind of love that. Yeah. And then you just don't even have and to think. And you could pre-portion things. Mm-hmm. You just go to the grocery store, buy the things on the list. And yeah. you know that you have vacation friendly food for like three days. What that pops into my mind is that beautiful page in the Camp Out Cookbook mm-hmm. by Marnie Hennel and Jen Stevenson. It's like called the Camp Cookery Kit. Oh, yeah. And there's like a tackle box that has like all your little condiments and spices in it and everything. Mm-hmm. And like if I made my own meal kit, I would want to do that. Like have a little thing for everything. And, you know, you could do things like. A lot of the make-ahead stuff that I will do if I'm going out of town is, like, if I want to bake something, I'll, like, mix all my dry ingredients together, mm-hmm. pre-measured, mixed together, like, put them in a little quart freezer container and take them along. And then you don't have to take, like, the whole bag of flour and the mm-hmm. baking soda and all of that. That's very smart. To have something like that that's smaller in scale just for vacation that yeah. has, like, think of your travel size shampoo and lotions. But you had that for, like, your salt and pepper because I'm, I'm just snobby now and I want my yeah. diamond kosher salt with I me know. on vacation. So <laughs> I bring too. my own, my pepper grinder, my olive oil, your good knives, or even, like, some people have these really cool, like knife rolls you know i mean chefs are probably like duh but (laughs) not everybody knows that those exist uh where you can just put your knives and roll it up and like take it in your have your nice sharp to vacation yeah and you just never know what you're gonna get on some of these vacation rentals like you you just never know what's going to be there. Usually they're not ni- nice knives, yeah, too, yeah. unless you're renting a place that's like pretty expensive right. rental that boasts about having a really nice gourmet kitchen or a chef's kitchen. But even at chef's kitchens, I found that they're the knives can not, still be dull. Yeah. 
That is something that I know, didn't I just feed you? Yeah. Had an episode about vacation food, I think, or or vacation cooking. And they talked about how that's the one item that they bring with them on vacation is their own, their own cooking knives. knife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. It is very smart. There, It is a real bummer when you get saddled with like a terrible knife. And then you and have then to live with that all week. All week. Yeah. And But to your point on the pre-mixed baking mixes, one thing that's another vacation hack for us for breakfast is pre-mixing our pancake mix at oh, home. Oh, there you go. And then just bringing it with us. And then I know that like two cups of this dry mix means that I have to add like two eggs and one cup of milk or whatever the Perfect, ratio is. Yeah. You know, you could write like... Just write a little note on just it. Just write a note on yeah. it. And don't, yeah, not even on a separate piece of paper, right. but literally like put like painter's tape right. or duct tape on the right, right. <laughs> plastic Label bag. it right there so yes. nothing gets lost. Yes. Yeah. So smart. We also for breakfast will do frozen cinnamon rolls, which we never do Ooh. except when we're on vacation. That's a great idea. And my kids love it. And it's they, like such a treat. They have nicer ones, but honestly, we get like the Rhodes ones from like the budget grocery store yeah. because it's a cinnamon roll. And like, who are we kidding? We all want the same thing in our cinnamon roll, which is not high quality ingredients necessarily. Right. And then my kids also get to pick out a sugar cereal for the week and they will spend like 45 minutes in the cereal aisle Deliberating. making that decision. They can each pick their own. Oh, too. Okay. Yeah, we do that one, too. That's. That one is one that we started doing because both of our parents did that. Yeah, we did that growing <laughs> up. It was the only time when we, we got were kids. Cereal. Yeah, we got to pick out whatever cereal we wanted. And yeah. so now we do that. Sometimes they go totally nuts and they like eat it all day. And then they're like, they don't have any the second day. <laughs> and sometimes they like eat it the first day and then they forget they have it. And then we okay. end up going home with some. But, Those are good life yeah. experiences, yeah. though. It's like you're setting up opportunities for your kids to fail safely yeah. to be like, sure, yeah. eat it. Yeah. It's your cereal budget. Eat and your if you want a box of cereal in one day, go. Yeah. And Go then for it. you don't have any leftover. And you're going to have to eat my oatmeal the second day. You maybe have a stomach ache. <laughs> yeah. Back to the dinner yeah. conversation, though. There are a few sides that I like to make when I'm on vacation that I wanted to shout out. Yeah. One of them is the Israeli salad from the cookbook Sahav by Michael Solomonov. Yeah. That is a great summer vacation salad because it, it's hearty, right? It, it keeps. It keeps. It's got cucumbers. Yeah. yeah. Cucumbers, tomatoes, tons of Italian parsley. Yum. It's like almost equal parts of those three things with a little bit of um, lemon juice and salt. Also, before you add like the oil and lemon juice and salt to it, um, if you just put all those things together, you can take the accumulated juices and make a really good summer cocktail out of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yum. But that salad in the fridge for like multiple days is really great to be able to pull out to go with your carnitas or your spicy pork shoulder. Like it just kind of goes with everything. Yeah. It's so like clean and fresh tasting. We also make caprese salads a lot when we're on vacation just because it's easy, minimal ingredients, minimal time. Yeah. All of those things tend to be perfectly in season in the summertime when we're on vacation the most. Those all sound great. That also reminds me of um, Melissa Chan in our cookbook club who... When she goes on vacation, they always do the same thing on the first night, which is pasta with jarred rouse sauce. That's so that's smart. Just the first night, that's just what we're having. Yeah. And rouse marinara sauce it's is so good. It's so good. Yeah. They also make meatballs now, right? I know. Yeah. You can buy them like in the frozen section and they're very good. Or if you want to make them yourself, you can. There's a recipe on the New York Times for the rouse meatball. They're really, really yummy. Yeah. I like the idea of using like really good quality canned marinara sauce with pasta, which yeah. just like cooks so quickly yeah. for the first night. And then it's like, we've already decided that. Mm-hmm. That's just what we're having. My last, like, best advice for traveling, vacationing with family, with kids, is just to lower your expectations. <laughs> just lower them all the way down to the floor. I think I started this conversation by saying that we used to eat out a lot when we traveled and we don't anymore. But sometimes that works. Mm-hmm. Some of my best 
finds have been like find a high-end grocery store with like a dining area in it and then everybody Mm. can kind of pick their own thing very good especially if it's like a local something with like a little specialty that's like unique to the area where you're staying in or a farmer's market Mm -hmm. you know you can often find something really good to eat at those places and like it's casual your kids don't have to like sit in a restaurant table all of that so i think you know those kinds of places you can eat out if you just eat sugar cereal and <laughs> put your feet up on a lawn chair, like, yeah, that's a win. Because you do have to remember it's your vacation, too. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to leave feeling more stressed than when you got there. There's nothing worse than that feeling of like, I need a vacation from my vacation. Yeah. I mean, we've had a couple of those in our life and they're a total bummer. Yeah. You can find a Whole Foods and like basically pick up a rotisserie chicken and then go pick up their already made rice and like a side of veggies. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, just lower those expectations and enjoy the cooking when you can. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you have to lower your food standards. You know, it just means that something's got to give. So if you still want to eat really good food, it doesn't mean that you have to make it all. Yeah. For sure. Well, we wanted to give a real big shot shout out before we sign off to Rob Camden, who left us a totally awesome review of our podcast recently. So thank you, Rob. That totally made our week. Your reviews are really making our day. We appreciate you guys taking the time to do it. Thank you. We hope that you'll join us next time when we'll be cooking from family by Hetty McKinnon. It's a beautifully photographed collection of vegetarian recipes and an ode to eating together as a family. We're really excited for that book. I think it's really pretty and I really enjoyed cooking from it. I love even just like the way the book is the table of contents. Yeah. When you look at the table of contents for that book, immediately right off the page, I was like, this is going to be a different experience. It's like a different way of thinking about how to group foods together. Absolutely. I know it's arranged in a really unusual way. Yeah. I'm excited to dig into that. Yeah. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review will help other home cooks find us too. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.